To another episode of Weeb Weekly, an anime podcast bringing you all the news you need to know from the Weeby world and perhaps slightly beyond. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Reese, and I'm joined as always by the man with a million figurines, Steve the Save Point cosplayer. Great to be here with you, Joe. I am so excited for this episode of what we'll be talking about. But before we get to that, please continue the intro. Evangelion. That's the hint. That's your hint. Yes, of course, you can find a new episode of Weeb Weekly every single Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern. We are streaming on all of the podcast apps you could possibly find us on. So download, subscribe, review, all that all that stuff. You know what to do. You've been listening to podcasts for the last like decade of your life. You know how to you know how to rate a podcast on your podcast app. Just go do it. All right. On with the show. We have a very interesting episode for you today. We had to look through our entire outline as we do. We prepare for each episode, and we know this is going to be a special Evangelion episode. So with that, we wanted to get to the meat and potatoes. We have a few things we wanted to cover immediately, but then we'll be talking about Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.1. And sharing our thoughts on it. Before we get there, <laughs> oh, baby. I wanted to say, I was walk- watching some Aquatrope on the white sand and made me tear up. I really like the show. No spoilers since if you're watching the show, but they essentially did the... It's a, it's a common anime trope, but it gets me every single time. Happened very recently. Let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Go let ahead. Me guess. Go ahead. Dead, mo- dead mom ghost in the background. Oh, you got it. You got it. Dead parents in the background. How did I know? I'll oh. tell you how I knew uh, one in my segment in a second. Okay. Well, uh, yes, we had dead parents in this uh, ghosts in the segment with Aquatrope on the white stand with a character in the aquarium. It is known to be semi-mystical a little bit where you maybe you can see some types of foreshadowing or some things that have really resonated with you in the past. If you're looking at the aquarium and the fish and everything, and it kind of resonates with you with the ocean. It takes you to another place. And we see one of our main characters with their parents already gone. She sees a reflection of her and her parents. Very sad, very touching. Very similar, again, to uh, so many anime in the past, and most recently on uh, Mugen Train, too. Gets me every single time. Never going to stop. But, uh, yeah, I'm just, I just wanted to say shout-out to Aquatrope and the White Sand for making me feely, feel really sad and feeling really warm inside, too. Joe, how'd you guess that, and what's your t- first segment? Uh, so, I... My girlfriend has been watching Demon Slayer, and she recently finished, and so she recently finished the TV show, and so of course Steve 
what did we do last night? You watched Mugen Train. I watched Mugen Train. Yeah. I watched, we watched Mugen Train last night. Perfect, perfect. Okay. Great segue. We watched Mugen Train last night, and man, does it still hit. What a banger. What'd she think of it? What a banger. She liked it a lot. She loved it a lot. She did say her favorite part of the TV show was when you'd learn the backstory of the demons. And so didn't get a ton of that in the movie, obviously. She was a little... Didn't didn't love that part. Didn't love that aspect of it. She was like, yeah, these demons or whatever. Because we didn't really learn any of the backstory. But boy, does that last fight still slap oh, hard. Oh, hard oh my god dude the last 30 minutes i'm just like i it was still getting me teared up i was whoo chills some of affordable's so best work definitely 100 percent. i also of course have to update you and i've made a made a new hit a new milestone i reached water seven in one piece finished sky island water seven famously the arc I stopped watching the anime on, so I am close Whoa. to new One Piece content. I'd say I'm about 40 or 50 chapters away. Uncharted territory for Joe. Oh, it's finally time. Okay. Wow. So where you're there now, how many more chapters until you are current? <laughs> like... Current to me or current period? Current period. I think like 650, 700. I was going to guess about 600 chapters. Okay. Yeah, 650 or 700. Still a while to go, but it feels good to be, it feels absurd to be caught up. Because, of course, when I went back to the beginning, I was like, it's going to take forever. But here I am now, looking back at the journey I've gone on, and it's just like, here we are on the precipice of new content. One last question before we get into one of our main story topics. How long, estimated of course, have you been watching One Piece and how long did it take you to read up to that point? I'm assuming the book was faster. But I, I'm, just, I'm just curious of like, were you spending like four or five years on One Piece and you just got up there in one month? No, no, I'd say about two years of One Piece. Okay. Wow. Watching it. Right. I think I watched from like 2018 to 2020, somewhere in there. Because I started it when I came back from Japan. My Japan trips. That was like my One Piece beginning. I can't wait until you break down and cry and you have to become like everyone else and just wait for the new episodes. And wait for the new chapters, I mean. It's the beautiful thing. New chapter every week. Oda don't stop. All right, let's get this show on the road. We have the Weeb Week That Was, and we actually had to cut some stories down because we know we're going to be running along with Evangelians, but we had to cover one of the top stories that did happen this week. Sony Funimation has completed their acquisition of Crunchyroll from AT&T. To go a little bit more into detail... Sony Pictures announced last Monday that Sony uh, Funimation's group has completed their acquisition of Crunchyroll with the purchase price of $1.1 billion. That's U.S. dollars. They were paid in cash at closing. Again, I cannot believe that these things are paid in cash. They just showed up like Seto Kaiba with a giant briefcase full of money and say, here you go. I don't know. 
But I this is not the first deal I've read that's in cash, but are they just using $1,000 bills? I don't know. But that's a side topic. Going further in there. Uh, the announcement did not reveal how the streaming services will merge or plans for costs for users. For Crunchyroll, on the announcement, they said, quote, two brands you know and love will be working together, and we believe this will be a great thing for fans and the industry alike. Both teams are knowledgeable, passionate, and have been committed to the anime industry and community for decades. We couldn't ask for better partners. We know you have questions. Today we'll begin the work of bringing two awesome teams together to bring you more of what you love. Thank you for your trust and support. And then we had a lot of other like CEOs saying, yes, you know, this is a great time. We're going to be doing this. We've covered this story before. Back in 2020 with the intent to purchase. This story is to say it has concluded and we'll be seeing, presumably, the effects of this merger moving forward. Joe, what is your first takeaway of this? Cool. <laughs> it's all... I mean, it's going to... I don't know how... how it's going to take a while, I think, to see really any ramifications from this. I think it makes sense. It just makes sense for Crunchyroll and Funimation to probably work together this in some capacity. So, I mean, I think it's going to be it's going to be a benefit to everyone that they're working together and not against each other. I want to say together again. They were for about a year or so. I mean, actually, actually less. I think it was like nine months. They were together. But then I think AT&T backed away when they, or Warner Brothers, when they purchased it with that deal. And um, they were separated again. And it was a glorious moment for nine months that we uh, did have both together. And we had one unified uh, library. I think that, I have two thoughts. A, one part of me is sad because of competition. We do like having more streaming platforms with competition. For right now, that would be the main ones would be Crunchyroll slash Funimation together. Um, Netflix, which is definitely a powerhouse now. Amazon Prime, I think given that they purchased uh, the rights to Evangelion, maybe they start doing more anime. That was one of my New Year's predictions. If you remember way back when. And the only other one I could think of is really High Dive, which eh, I think has Gundam Build Fighters, which I think is one of the main things. But I am glad of at least Crunchyroll and Funimation joining together because we had a weird time where we had season two or season three of shows marooned on Funimation, which I don't think makes sense starting with if something was starting on Crunchyroll. The best case was Promise Neverland Season 2 and Love is War Season 2 on on Funimation. Not on Crunchyroll. They'll start on Crunchyroll, but only have Season 1. I found that really weird and segmented, which doesn't help the anime industry. Because you know what? If people do that, they're going to pirate it. They just want it on one streaming service. Consistently. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't have cared if it was on, like, Netflix and they purchased it somehow but with that I think this is good and I'll say it I'm I'm really curious to see what those subtitles are going to look like as you know 
I started liking Funimation subtitle options better, but I do like the defaults of Crunchyroll. I'm hoping we can get a marriage of those together and create the perfect subtitle buffet for users. I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Bring them together. All right. I think they will. Oh. I think they will. I think they'll go back to that. All right. Enough of that. That was the main story. We had some other stuff. Brian Ashcraft, if you're listening to this, I know you're not, but I wish you were. Keep writing those stories. Next week, we will definitely see what's happening in Japan. But let's go to really the topic of the entire episode. Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.1. I promise, Steve, not to use grand hyperbolic language in my review of the modern masterpiece that is Evangelion <laughs> okay. 3.0 plus 1.0. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so let's take, let's take a step back. Listeners, we're not going to spoil this for you yet. We're going to do first... A spoiler-free review of how we felt about this. Then Joe and me are going to go detail by detail, breaking down, give you giant spoiler warnings. We've done this before with Mugen Train. We're doing this for Evangelion. So, Joe, would you like to go the honors first about talking Evangelion and setting us up on probably one of the most anticipated anime movies, I'd say... Of the past five years? Of all time. Decade? Of all time. All time? All time. Maybe. I'd say... I'm trying to think of... I, I, whatever like Miyazaki's final last movie is going to be. You know, he says he always goes out of retirement, comes back again. Whatever his final actual movie is going to be, that may be the only one that rivals this. I think... This, mo- this movie reminded me a lot of Metal Gear Solid 4. Okay. Where it was just like, we're going to give you everything that you want. Whereas Metal Gear Solid 4 was like, let's take this long, convoluted history and just give you reward after reward after reward. If you're someone who's played these games for the last 10, 15 years or whatever. Same here. Where it was just like, if you are someone who has watched Evangelion since the original TV show, kept up over the years, kept up with the rebuilds, just know these characters so well. It's just a smorgasbord of just rewarding you. It just rewards you. And I did like this movie just cements that there are few shows as important as Evangelion. You know, it's sometimes sucks i'll say it that like evangelion has become such a meme to some people because it just is so good it deserves its place in anime history and this just cements it for me i thought it was brilliant okay good good overall review i'm gonna go a little bit detail i just want to give also the listeners how long this movie was in being made and what it took to get here. 
It was 14 years ago where we had the first rebuild movie. And nine years ago since the third movie was released. You cannot redo. And this is the fourth and the fourth part of an alternative ending, I guess you could say, because there are multiple endings to Evangelion, essentially. We have the anime original series ending. We have the end of Evangelion movie ending. And then we have the rebuild ending here, too. It is a two and a half hour movie that, and I'm not going to go into spoilers just yet. This is basically just setting up what we're seeing. We are seeing the ramifications of Shinji and everything that he has done leading up to this moment, which is a really deep dive of the trauma he is facing. More so than any other film that we've probably seen Shinji, which is hard for me to say. Well, actually, interesting to me to say because I think everyone, when they think of Evangelion, they think of Shinji being depressed or whatever. This movie really goes into what he is dealing with and the support structures he has. It goes much more into Gendo and his motivations which we rarely see at all because we know in all the original films he is like the secret villain essentially in the past movies and um the past uh shows this actually goes more into his machinations of what he is trying to accomplish and why uh and i do think that this movie is a fitting ending to the show or the actual the franchise. I don't see anywhere else it can go other than this. And, you know, in broad strokes, it's like, what does it mean to be an Ava pilot? And what does it mean to be a human? And how are those separated and all uh, separated? Is it possible for those to be separated? And what people do you need to support yourself of being on this mission? Other than that, there are, I do have some uh, criticisms of it. I think when we go into Evangelion, anyone who thinks like who's seen the shows knows that you get confused at times. That's almost like a, a thing that you know you're going to go into. And I feel like this movie does it at a detri detriment at some points where I've seen this in other reviews too where when you start getting so much techno babble and weird terms throwing out there, it almost becomes like magic. And you don't know the stakes of the characters that you're following, if they're in true danger or not, because terms are being thrown out there. They're like, I don't know, is this bad or good for the characters? We'll get more of that into spoiler cast, but I feel like that this movie almost goes overboard at times of so much techno babble being thrown out there which kind of drags it on a little bit, especially in that second half of the movie. You're not wrong. What are your thoughts to that? You're not wrong. I would say yes. I think this actually does it better than I would say the third movie. I think the third movie, for me, the last like 30 or 40 minutes of that one, like really lost me in terms of, all of this techno speak have no 
have no fear this one did too like certainly i mean we'll get into some of the terminology. I, know, I know going into I it yeah, you know exactly gonna... i'm sure i'm you're thinking of the exact same phrase as i am right now but <laughs> uh, uh, for me yeah, the par- movie yeah. really sings for the first half i loved the first half of this movie adored the first half of this movie and i loved i'd say the last the 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 actual climax of the movie, I would say I loved as well. But you're I, right. I think there's a middle chunk in there when the big action set pieces are happening where it is just a bit completely inexplicable in terms of the terminology that's being used. Yeah. But there's so much going on that it's okay to let that some of, some of that gloss over you, I'd say. The only other criticism I have is Evangelion is always has an interesting approach when it comes to world building where you kind of get hints, a lot of hints throughout the entire series. But at some points, I get curious of how anything is created in this world, especially if you've already seen the end of uh, ep- episode three, movie three of the entire world in ruins and we still have all of these giant mechanical creatures being uh or mechanized things being built and you're like where are they getting all of these resources who is mining all of this who is fabricating all this at all the human race seems to be absolutely destroyed but it looks like we're still producing at a rate of i don't know uh world war ii united states (laughs) level of churning out one plane an hour type of thing and i'm like i don't know how this is all being made but who who knows again it's like suspension of disbelief that in the future that we have so much type of roboticization that i guess things are able to be built automatically but i'll leave it aside it's not it's not the only movie that has done this before but there are some crazy uh things being built in this world that i'm like who is doing this right now for what purpose what currency what money <laughs> fate of the world fate of the world i don't know fate of the world i guess when all the depends movie it's all for the it's all for paris i think at the end this is a great movie that has a lot of I, I'm, I'm piggybacking off of what your comment is how almost has a greatest hits of evangelion at some points which we'll definitely go into it has a great uh view of surprisingly new views on characters and some uh familiar times on characters the only character which i also feel that was kind of built up but i didn't know where it was going was mari's character everyone else i kind of understood with ray asuka shinji gendo a pleasant surprise another character which i'm not going to mention which i'm surprised but mari i was like i did not see this coming i won't say any spoilers just yet but i feel like her built up of her character came out of left field Hmm. 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 that's all you gotta say Hmm? i mean i have thoughts on that but you got thoughts on it That's fair. Uh, So let me, again, wrap it up. If you are a fan of Evangelion, I highly recommend this movie. I think it will please you of a lot of callbacks that we have. 
from the entire series. Um, there are some great action pieces in here. You will get confused again, but in true Evangelion fashion, you will push right through it. And other than that, uh, damn, some of that scenery uh, is just The animation was too. out of control. I'm... Out of control. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, definitely some 3D CGI happening. They didn't really make it stay that long. I thought it I all looked really appreciate. good. I think because it, it was so stylized. Like, they used it to do interesting camera angles rather than to do, like... Rather yes. than to do, like, a big extravagant monster or something, they they used it to do interesting things with the cinematography, which I think helped it play a little bit better because it was it was so much of the style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, s- s- very interesting use of 3D, which I haven't used before. Not, it wasn't like the set pieces like you would see in Mugen Train with the giant liquid monster happening where you're like, ooh, I'm pretty sure you saw that the second time. Did that look good the second better time around? on a smaller screen, I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I, that, that may be true. Um, but that didn't look uh, good. This 3D and Evangelion I haven't seen before, and I think it does well because it was more of a supporting aspect of uh, all of the fights and scenes that 3D is employed, not the main piece where you're eyeballs are gonna be fixated on it the entire time i noticed like this looks kind of weird but what can i say great overall story great ending um (laughs) you still got a lot of like beethoven music in there too cannot be evangelion without some type of classical singing of some beethoven right there and of course there's some piano playing too (laughs) dude i laughed out loud when that Again, they gave you everything. They gave you everything. It's a it's a built up of everything that's happened, like Metal Gear Solid with Evangelion. It tugs at the heartstrings at the end, and it does have, I would say, a satisfying conclusion. Somehow. That's the biggest credit I can give it is that it does feel that we were promised an ending to all of Evangelion, and I'll be damned. This this feels like an end of Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so everyone, we're gonna go into spoiler territory right now. Joe, I have the entire synopsis up, and we're gonna go almost Jesus. scene by scene of discussing. What's happened? We cut out everything else on this podcast to talk about this because it deserves it. Hideki Ano deserves this. Again, this is spoilers. If you do not want to know what happens in Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0, stop now. Stop right now. All right? You've been warned. Let's go right into this. It starts, it opens. We see Willie the anti-nerve military unit formed by Misato with the and the only sole purpose is to return the world back into its previous state and to stop Gendo from executing the human instrumentality project. They are at Paris, France, where we see a team descend from the Wunder, the floating battleship, let's just say, and going on to a 
weird black pillar where you get a lot of techno babble of people connected to laptops and trying to activate an anti-L system. And other than that, we have Mari defending this team as they work furiously to hack into this pillar and have, uh, other than the Wunder providing support and defense, some floating battleships too also uh supporting them lo and behold we do have gendo's i would say ava military descend on our team and begin an attack and this is the first opening scene of this entire movie joe what are your great. first thoughts of this great fight scene mari kicks ass kicking ass we'll talk more about her motivations later but yeah, it was a great fight. I love this imagery. I loved all the imagery across the whole movie of the red, the world that's been corrupted and, and this red, this just red everywhere. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really awesome. It set the tone really nice. It was just like, hey, let's get her in there kicking ass. She uses the Eiffel Tower to take out an Ava. Like, that was freaking dope. And then it was awesome. And yeah, that was great. I really liked Mari... Uh, in her Ava unit, we do know at the end of, ep- uh, ep- I keep saying episode three, the third movie, because they call it like episode, you know, 3.0, where you can a- you can advance, that you can definitely see the Ava, and we'll not see this in the future a- uh, Avas, where they've been heavily damaged, and they do not have the repair parts to really put Avas back into their their original glory. So they have like this unique system built up on Mari's um ava where she has like a harness with a lot of uh guide wire attached to it to basically do like cable flying essentially very cool in terms of the animation that fighting style i uh really like that and i want to say too i laughed out loud for a moment when you have gendo's evangelion and they're called mark um 444 c's what is this number? Whatever, serial number. And they have also the Ava, the other Avas uh, with the Mark 44Bs. The ones with just the legs that are basically the power generators. And you have our main character. I didn't I didn't get her name, but apparently on the Wikipedia, it's uh, Maya. She's like, wow, look at that positron cannon. That's a violation of the Vatican protocol trees. I'm like, no one fucking cares about the treaties anymore okay we're going the world has been destroyed there is no government organization trying to enforce these vatican protocols that we've heard before about each country can only have like three avers or something who so i laughed out loud it's like who cares at this moment anything's everything's off the table did remind me of the positron cannon though of uh in the past that uh shinji used with uh ray that was what caused the Vatican to sign the treaties. <laughs> no, it was way before then. You know that, Joe. Uh, but yeah, I uh, felt pretty bad with the Eiffel Tower uh, being destroyed. And at the same time, uh, I guess uses a spear to destroy. But what we see is eventually Mari is victorious she is able to buy enough time for uh, Maya's team to essentially turn back. I don't even know how to explain this. 
the the red uh, corruption that has infected the world and turned it into a livable habitat area. And, and we'll see this for more in the future. That is true. Oh, I'm going to get excited about that when we get there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. So uh, we do see, um, we'll learn quickly that there are more of these uh, pillars throughout the world. And other than that, we do see uh, that the Euro nerve storage lockers emerge from underground. We actually see that Paris does have a similar setup as Tokyo 3 with all the underground buildings. And there are spare parts to repair all of those Evangelions, which is great. Uh, and then, man, we don't see fighting for a long time. Damn right after they this. don't, because that's what we want, baby. That's exactly what I wanted. Yeah, because we kick it in now, and the movie really starts. And we get the opening credits, and we just see Shinji, Asuka, Rei walking through this destroyed this destroyed area of Tokyo 3. And it's great. This is exactly what I wanted this movie to be, was them in the wilderness, spend time with these kids, give me these relationships. And that's what we get for the next hour, as they get rescued, Steve. Could you even fucking <laughs> believe it? That dude show they get rescued. They're like, okay, we got to get out of the radiation. This guy shows up in a hazmat suit. And first I thought it was, oh, it's going to be Kaji. And then even something even better happens, Steve. It's Toji. It's Toji. 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 They give us everything. Too, because because they do the time thing where like Shinji and Asuka and Ray because they have um, been so close to Third Impact and like Adam or Eve, whatever. I, I do know that they've stopped aging essentially. But we have grown-up Toji rescue them. And I'm like, oh, my God. I gave us. We've been asking, where is Toji? And here he is. And you know, the minute I saw him with a baby, I was like, you show me. This is the Metal Gear Solid 4 of it all, where it's like, give it to me. Show me student council representative. And sure enough, Toji, class rep, married, with kids, come on, baby, let's go. <laughs> yes. So, uh, to go step back uh, a little bit. We've we've been seeing throughout this entire world the quote failures of infinity. I think I need like a little like a uh, sheet of paper to follow along with all these terms, which is throughout the entire uh, landscape of Earth where you have the objects floating around with anti-gravity. Um, Asuka has been looking to f- using a hand compass, ironically. I guess uh, GPS satellites have been destroyed. Where are they walking to? I don't know. But it's really interesting to see the entire world destroyed. You have Shinji following very solemnly behind, realizing that all this is his fault, essentially. Um, in some way or another. More on that later. But, um, and Toji does rescue them and brings them to a settlement called Village 3, where we see Toji is the village doctor with, uh, the class rep and their, um, child named, uh, Subame. Uh, interesting 
we also uh, have our characters have different initial reactions to all of this where I forgot that Ray this is not the Ray that was uh, that Shinji has known for a while this is the Ray that's kind of been reborn essentially who is kind of all fresh and new and is asking to everyone else very weird questions like what is a handshake what is good night mean what is good morning mean etc we have asuka is just playing with her game boy she doesn't like, put on clothes and the Shinji, entire time she's in the village i'm very surprised yeah i even though i'm not shocked i was very surprised i like oh wow there is a lot of uh almost nudity from uh asuka in this whatever um and shinji wallowing in despair uh really does not have any lines at all he's just curled up in a ball always thinking um, I also want to say, Joe, I forgot to say this in the beginning. I watched this entire movie in English. Oh, I watched it subbed. I watched it all in English because I think it's because I started w- always watching Evangelion in English. And I watched the Rebuild movies first in English too because of that. And I'm like, I'm going to continue it. So I've been watching this whole thing in English so far. Uh, and it does not help me comprehend, comprehend anything as well with all this techno babble. But we we get a lot of this is like where like a good hour of the mo- entire movie is is Ray, Shinji, and Asuka living in this village and in their own ways trying to help Shinji overcome his trauma. I love it. I love this part of the movie. I loved this whole, I was like, this is exactly what I wanted. I just wanted it to slow down, especially after the third movie, which felt like it just did not stop for character development really at all. Yeah, except for some of that Kaoru stuff. But yeah, I just, I just, I just adored the slow methodical pace as we see Shinji wallowing until he starts to come back to his humanity. But really I think the star of the show at this point is Ray. I think this is like the best. The, this is like the best we've ever had. Ray, we have a Ray who, I think the rebuilds in general are the best we've ever had. Ray, honestly, and I thought this was just the, watching this girl who has never had a life try to find joy. As we even see, spoilers for like forty-five minutes from this point in the movie, but when she finally has her like final moments, as this Ray, anyway. You know, we were trying to see, we were seeing this person try to figure out where she fits in in the world and what she likes about the world and what she wants from the world. And it's literally seeing a baby figure that out, essentially. I, I loved this part. For me, I agree. I, I do like this Ray where we know that Ray is essentially a clone, a copy. And this is the first time Ray realize that but with her interactions with all of the other people in this village especially the older women who take her in saying like you can be your own person you can even give her own name for yourself too you can do whatever you want we'll take you in and help you guide the way but you don't have to follow in your copy's footsteps essentially 
you can make your own decisions. Which is really what Evangelion's always been about and what this movie really puts a stamp on is just yeah just the, that theme of identity where it's just like can you recreate yourself or do you have to live in the shadows of other people's decisions even your own decisions even though they might not necessarily be you yourself as we literally see with Ray mm-hmm. and metaphorically with other people Shinji has not come to that point yet and one thing I want to mention, especially with the uh, the animation, uh, when Shinji realizes when Asuka's about half naked that uh, Asuka also has a DSS choker, basically an explosive device on her neck, um, Shinji real, re, uh, causes um, him to remember Karu's death and vomits, and uh, you know he eventually is force-fed by Asuka because he's refusing to eat everything at all. Uh, you have a very... It, I have to say this is the first time I've seen like, this very interesting type of animation. Did you pick up on this? Where Asuka is like almost kicking and punching Shinji to get him out of his trauma and force-feeding him. It kind of goes to a very interesting 3D type of mm-hmm. point of view, which I've never seen before. It's almost like a, I would say like a yeah. shaky cam type yeah. of, of animation, which is weird for me to say but that's the way i would say it. i was like this is an interesting take of animation style uh with it but that's what happens and you know uh, you start seeing that toji is taking more of the calm approach of dealing with shinji's trauma while asuka is trying to essentially beat it out of him which makes sense i mean that here's her ammo i'm not surprised that she goes down that path no uh, other than that, we do get a note that the village is supported by an organization named Credit, which is uh, Misato's, I guess you could say, private company, which is essentially delivering supplies to other villages such as this, which have their own pillar that is keeping away the, uh, what's the term called, the infinite, uh, I don't know, the, oh, the failures of infinity, uh, around the uh, world. Basically, it's keeping all the red stuff out of, like, I don't know, like a five-mile radius. Um, and we'll see credit a little bit more in the future, but we forgot there was another character back from the brink who is also present in this village. Yeah. It's Kensuke. Who was our guy who i was a little i would say a little bit of a conspiracy theorist but he loved nerve he was the basically the kid with glasses and it was really like oh shinji this is so cool that you're in an ava pilot look at these like f-15 fighters and stuff you get to see all this crazy stuff um he is a mechanic essentially and he takes shinji in uh kind of a little bit away from the village and uh starts to take him out on some chores he essentially has throughout the entire um, area that is safe from the failures of infinity. Uh, we have Ray, who is also uh, learning how to plant food, uh, plant, uh, I think, like bamboo shoots or something like that, and is uh, checking out, you know, all, and she's like learning all the other minor things that happen around the village such as the bath 
and learning uh, and learning other like smaller things that occur in the village, such as uh, their own library and all that, and the type of books that are there. Um, we do see Ryoji Kaji, which Shinji is introduced to. Yeah, it's like, what do you want to see? Do you want to see Misato and Kaji's son? Here you go. Enjoy. Like, that's all this was, and I want to eat up every single moment of it. Yes. Yes, we do see Ryoji Kaji, who is basically doing some scientist work uh, out there in a hazmat suit. Shinji realizes who that is. Uh, based on the last name, and also the name is very sim- very s- similar to <laughs> our favorite lovable guy, Ryoji Kaji. So um, we realize that Misato has, I guess, I don't want to say abandoned Ryoji Kaji, but she feels like her no, mission she is abandoned way too Ryoji dangerous. Kaji. <laughs> she abandoned, abandoned, she abandoned. Yeah, I guess so. I guess because he doesn't seem he doesn't he, he know. seems to understand. No, they say it. he That's doesn't what? know. He has he. They say he does, does not, he not know, know about his parental lineage. Okay, maybe that's because uh, maybe it's different in translation. I feel like he kind of knew, but just like yeah, whatever. You know, my mom's out there saving the world or whatever. Uh, but I stand corrected. Um, and we eventually go. I'm trying to think of the point where Shinji goes off by himself. Yet I don't think we're there yet. He's still ch- hanging around with uh, Kensuke. But um, we do see that uh, Ray at this time, and again, this is like an hour and a half in the movie, that she's requiring constant exposure to LCL to maintain her condition. Um, and she starts getting some warning aspects of this. Uh, Shinji eventually finds an old nerve outpost and starts hanging out there for let's say weeks days at least a long time where we have ray occasionally popping by just to give him protein bars uh kensuke you know does help him out teaches him how to fish and everything uh, and we slowly see shinji especially with his interact interactions with kensuke and uh, Ryoji Kaji start opening up a little bit. As in, when I say opening up, I mean responding to people when they ask a question. Um, other than that, Ray comes up to him and asks Shinji, the older women in the village have want to give me a name, or I'm looking for a name. I want you to give me a name. Um, and... You know, uh, Shinji's like, I can't think of any other name than Ray for you, essentially. Yeah, I read this as, you know, you'll always have that name, but you can decide what to do with it. Much like Shinji with the Akari name to a certain extent. Skipping a little bit further down again i love all these parts of the scene because we start we get a lot of just village living with uh shinji asuka and right uh asuka throughout this entire time after she makes fun of shinji and really tries to beat the trauma out of him which again as i say that i'm like that's probably not the best way to go through it 
but we know she's pretty brash like that. Um, she's just been playing on her Game Boy and uh, has, you know, made a point that she is here to really defend the village. She's not here to work for them. Um, but she is, I guess, in her own preparation. Uh, she feels like in her mind she's doing her job is just literally being there, being able to defend uh, <laughs> the village, I guess, if it's ever attacked. We do get eventually Ray settling in a lot. And I will, you know, say when she comes to Shinji, she thanks Shinji for helping her find her happiness and with the name. And with that, she basically turns into LCL at that time. And I took it as a point where Ray has achieved, I would say Nirvana. She's achieved everything she's wanted in life. And she said that like, you know, this is like, uh, you know, I've always liked you Shinji and everything. It's like, oh, I liked you Ray too. And, you know, it, I, I think that she has, she has nothing else to be attached to this world and turns I just had to LCL. laugh because I was like, Ray, you know that the reason Shinji is traumatized right now is because he saw Karu's head explode in front of him into, into <laughs> goop. So what are you going to do right now? You're going to let him watch you explode into goop? You think this is going to help this kid? No. Oh, well, no, I guess it's I a know, little know, different since Karu like literally like exploded guts. with blood. While, while I would say Ray, I, just I know, I know it, it comes from I, a different place, but I was just a little like, "Come on, Ray, seriously, we're gonna explode in front of this kid again." This kid's seen enough people explode in front of him, all right? Yeah. Um. Again, love. I love this part, and it's a good hour. Until we get the Wunder arriving with credit to unload uh, unnecessary personnel, um, Kensuke and Toji ask Shinji to stay in the village, but Shinji realizing that he has other people that care about him, um, and he also wants to you know live on for Ray. Uh, decides to join the Wonder with Asuka. And uh, and Asuka's like, okay, that's great. I'm going to put you in a dart. I'm going to put you under comatose if you're coming with me because I guess you're still uh, a danger to humanity. And Shinji is board, gets placed on board the Wonder and is put under isolation and surveillance again. Yeah, indeed. Uh, it's back in there. No choker we, this time. We though. have important, uh, important fact. No, no choker, choker this time because I cut. Yes, the the crew the crew of the Wonder do have a shoot to kill uh, policy in place in case Shinji gets close to another Ava, but they do not have the uh, the DSS chokers on them. Uh, we do see Mari greeting Asuka, who, um, you know, they're basically very close, almost like like, uh, like close girlfriends, I would say. I don't think we've ever seen them really talk to each other this You've much. You've been in the third movie. Did, did a little bit, because they mm -hmm. were both working for Ville. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we do k- cut to uh, Ritsuko and Misato. And it took me a second to realize, oh, yeah, Ritsuko, she got a really short haircut. Uh, it took me a second. I'm like, who is that again? It's like, oh, that's Ritsuko. Um, where they're basically preparing for the final battle. And they want to preserve all of the the seeds of life of the species. Basically, like every single type of like tree, animal, almost like Noah's Ark, essentially. And uh, wants to put them in a safe place before going on to the final battle. And this is also where Masato uh, espouses that this was part of uh, Ryuji Kaji's uh, goal was that he has cared so much for life that he sacrificed himself to make that happen. This entire project happen. I never got exactly. It's implied that she, that Ryuji Kaji is the one that stopped near Third Impact, but got himself killed yes. for it. Is that correct? And he walks off to like the uh, while Shinji is you know about to transcend to a god or whatever and he does that cool look over the shoulder and be like i'll be uh, this is the last time we're seeing each other i gotta go save the world um but i don't know what ryuji kaji actually no, does really i'm assu- i'm assuming i am assuming he goes to get shinji and i guess being in close contact causes him to die or whatever i don't know but we do know that Ryuji Kaji died saving, stopping near third impact and also putting the pieces together for the Seeds of Life program to happen. That's what I do now. And Misato is, is very sad. She misses her, essentially her husband. I mean, she did have a child with him. I don't think they actually got actually officially married, but, you know, it's a close person she's attached to. Then we go to Antarctica. Then we cut to Antarctica, which is the the uh, ground zero of Second Impact, where we have uh, Gendo and Fudski steer the Black Moon toward the center of Second Impact, uh, which is based in Antarctica, and they want to restart Evangelion 13 to start the even the human instrumentality project and i'm just saying right here it starts getting real confusing just buckle up everyone <laughs> everyone's showing up you know like we're getting there it's coming the ship shows up the wunder shows up we do have a great scene where mari and oscar are like heading out to fight to get in their evas and fight and they say hey let's take a detour first they go visit shinji in his cell and oscar basically says you know what i i had a crush on you back in the day and then shinji says you know what i had a crush on you too actually and ultimately they have this really touching touching little moment where i think they both kind of they both kind of settle their scores i would say to a certain extent which sets the ground for what ultimately happens in the end with shinji and mari i would say And also, importantly, we see Karu appear to Shinji saying, hey, we'll meet again. Can't forget about me, kid. And I'm like, okay. Uh, This boy coming out of nowhere. Uh, 
And other than that, the Wunder launches toward Antarctica with the only objective is to stop Evangelion 13 from being restarted. And she definitely tells the entire her entire crew, like, this is it. This is the final battle. Everyone suit up. Uh, and we have the Wunder, oh God, start approaching near th- uh, the second impact, which again, looks very crazy. I can't tell you weird. how many times I lost <laughs> count of how many times during this movie. I was just sitting on my couch. Like, what am I looking at? What am I, I don't... looking at? It's like 2001, a space odyssey where you have the, with going through that, like, tunnel of time oh, that, of there was some super cool kaleidoscopic effects with the animation that was awesome i yeah. definitely there were shots of like the ship though of the wunder which is so organic because it does have i guess like an eva sort of attached to it but there it's just like the exterior of the ship just a shot on that i was like what am i looking at? it took me like three minutes to realize <laughs> i was looking at the ship <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. Uh, we we do we realize that Nerve again. Nerve is the bad guys here. Has three battleships. I can't even pronounce these names. They're all German names here. That are all under Fuyutsuki's control. Uh, shout out to Fuyutsuki too, whose whose only dream is to make Gendo happy. His only dream is, is to a, make is what I take happy. it. <laughs> yeah. He's not even he's not even attached to Yui. Um, a little, little bit of that later, where. We have uh, the Wunder is approached by thousands Pandemonium. of, I don't know, dummy. Pandem. Are you kidding me right now? Thousands, crazy, the, yeah, hundreds of thousands of Evas just pouring out like a swarm of bees. Insane. Chaos. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, and we have uh, Asuka and Mari there. They're sent out to battle their way through all of these mass-produced Avas, um, going with cr- crazy, I don't know, giant uh, car-sized machine gun bullets <laughs> to destro- destroying all these. You have all these like crazy AT fields being thrown up, all these like uh, the crosses as uh, things that are destroyed just popping out everywhere. It's looking absolutely crazy. Um, we do see, uh, also, you know, the, the pyramid, which again, looked like uh, old nerve headquarters appear in the distance. We have, uh, uh, the wonder has taken massive damage fighting off these three battleships. Very cool too, that she uses, um, that Misato is always like very cool under pressure this entire time trying to take you know take on three battleships by herself like i love it when she like orders the the ramming of one of them that's so cool i love that uh, and we eventually see the the pyramid where evangelion 13 is and she uses like the battleships eventually as like giant missiles and just fires all these missiles to essentially create an opening for Asuka and Mari to make their way in to finish off Evangelion 13. Uh, Asuka has, um, is taking the lead while Mari is giving cover. And doesn't all go according to plan when Asuka gets to uh, Evangelion Unit 13. 
No, so it turns out that this is exactly what Kendo wanted to happen. And <laughs> All the time! It's revealed that Asuka's a clone? That she's also a I clone? I think so. I think so. Again, your, your, your listeners are like, Joe, Steve, you no, don't know? No, she was a clone. I, don't I mean, know. We, yeah, well, they, they said it. I'm just like, whoa. Wasn't ex- didn't see that one coming because she's. I don't think she's ever been a clone in any. But who cares? Forget everything you know. This is like a its own thing. So she tries to stab Evangelion Thirteen with like the you know weapon that Misato's team has created to neutralize it. But AT feels activated, which surprises Asuka since there is technically no pilot in Thirteen. But she realizes that it's her own AT field that is trying to stop her from destroying Unit 13. I guess it's more of a protection of the Ava doesn't want to destroy, like, you know, this very critical, important thing. So she removes her eye patch, which uh, has the restraint uh, and gives her basically the power of an angel. She transforms into the ninth angel. And again, as you mentioned before, this is Gendo's plan. Because the E13 is awakened, destroys Unit 2, uh, and Asuka, as you mentioned, is approached by her original and basically, I don't know, gets turned into LCL and is just killed. Yeah. No, you're right. I don't know. It's, it's weird. She sees herself. She's revealed that she's like a, a, a clone. She can't handle all this. Um, and she is get almost pulled into the Ava, like that, that crazy dive mechanic, so much similar to like Shinji, what happened to him in the original series near the end where he like turns into nothing. Um, you know, uh, so, uh, the, the wonder is then overtaken by this Mark nine, which is the, uh, the ninth angel that previously, uh, that asuka was and you start having the wonder take massive damage infection of this ninth angel that misada and Ritsuko were not prepared for true and then uh, i kind of honestly forget <laughs> sort of what happens in everything sort of starts to blend together after this in a in a discernible he, way but somehow the wonder is, when, I mean, we're getting all these, like, like all the staff saying, like, we're absolutely and then screwed, this is when everything's Gendo being shows destroyed. Up on the ship, yeah? He, no, Gendo is just, just standing outside, and then there's literally no explanation of uh, how Misato oh, and Ritsuko. They're, they're just there. They, they see him in the camera, and they're like, oh, that's Gendo. We gotta get him or something. And then it's like, Next scene, they're standing on the same pyramid thing with him. And I'm like, okay, the ship was about to be destroyed, but now you're here. doesn't matter because we get a great inversion of the scene where Ritsuko gets shot in the original show. She does not wait for Gendo to say a word, just starts opening fire on Gendo. It's great. I love that. It's just the same thing I mentioned before. I love when any show does this. I talked about this in Gundam Ironblood Orphans. It also happens in the good, bad, and the ugly, where it's like, if you want to shoot, just shoot, don't talk. So you have Gendo almost like starting to like talk, and, and, and Ritsuko's like, I'm shooting for the head. 
and um, his visor is shot off, and he's got no like face. he's got no face. <laughs> okay, I, I he has he's got no face. It has revealed that Gendo has used the Nebuchadnezzar's key and has thrown away his humanity by adding quote information that has surpassed the logic of the world to his body. And he is monologuing the purpose of the impacts about the human instrumentality project and begins the process of entering unit 13. We're getting a lot. This is why I'm like, I don't We're not going scene by scene anymore, Steve. Gendo Gendo has transcended. He's thrown away his humanity, has become a demigod, and is like, you can't stop me now. Uh, It's too late. Goes into unit 13 and... With Mari at this time, I think th- she's uh, been really out for the count. She's not killed, she's but Mari's like uh, been heavily damaged. She's heavily damaged. She's heavily damaged. I'd say Asuka's dead as, uh, for all intents and purposes. Um, the Wonder is ap- is getting thrashed completely, and Shinji turns him aside. I was like. I'll go into unit one and stab Gendo. And we have uh, Sakura and uh, Midori, who are the two girls we've seen before in the past. Yeah, the, brun- of, the brunette uh, is Toji's sister, and the pink-haired girl is one of the other yeah. shipmates. Yeah. Where they're like, Shinji, you cannot do this. The last time you entered Ava, you know, you destroyed the world. And um, we can't have this again. You you ruined everything, Shinji. Misato blocks Sakura's bullet, takes a bullet for Shinji, and says, "You know what? You you know uh, this entire thing was always my responsibility. It's not your fault, Shinji. I'm the one who was your commanding officer." And I will take responsibility for his actions um, and allow Shinji to join, to summon Unit 1, essentially, and go go in there and go after Gendo. The first time we're actually seeing Shinji really confront Gendo like this. Uh, he summons, we have the original Ray near him inside the... Uh, unit one because she's got really long hair and she apologizes that not being able to make it so that he wouldn't be able to get into evangelion but he's like hey i'm gonna take care of you i'm gonna take care of the rest of everyone um and i do love that uh shinji uh you know risco and uh mayo are looking at their little counter and they're like we gotta see the sync creator shinji they're like oh it's zero and they're like wait a second it's not zero this entire time we've been reading it backwards it's actually 99.9 to infinity Infinity! so good so good yeah we're off so we have steve (laughs) <laughs> yes we're off to the end and i love how every, this is the point where i'm like is this no bad? no oh my I don't god know. no no so essentially where gendo's going he's going into the anti-universe he had to create this uh, I, i'm i'm trying to remember all this he we've seen the black moon turn into two spears of longinus which was needed to open up the door 
to infinite space or whatever to go into an area where essentially you can make a wish. Well, I'm just going to say it like that. You, This is a part where fate is no long, can no longer bind you and Gendo essentially... I mean, Gendo's true purpose throughout all this is he wants humanity to stop feeling suffering and pain and wants to reunite all of humanity into one consciousness so they'll always be forever happy and at the same time somehow reunite with Yui's soul and finally have peace. He feels like if we don't do this and transcend our human bodies into gods, the gods will come and just kill us anyway. So it's either we take that power from them and become gods ourselves, or we're just annihilated. And Shinji's like, no, there is a third way. <laughs> Shinji, I, this is what the whole, I would say this is what everything has been leading towards. I'm sure Hideki Anno has had this scene in his mind since 1995. Baby, Shinji finally stands up to Gendo. And they are fighting with within LCL, which is giving all this crazy perception and surreal areas of where they're fighting. They're fighting in the classroom. They're fighting Misato's in Misato's apartment, Ray's apartment, uh, Ray's apartment. Misato's it's just apartment flashing the, from yeah, it's location like, to location. And I think this is where we get the first glimpse of. I think it is. I think this is where we get the first glimpse of the sound stage. Which we will, which we will end up on at the very end yes. of the movie as well, because I think they crash through one of the walls of what at one of the locations that they're in, and they fall into a sound stage, and it just it's the the beginning of the very meta ending of this of this series. <laughs> yes, we have Gendo eventually. Sh- it's almost like a battle of fighting, but then it turns into a battle of wills. I'd say where they're just basically trying to out-philosophize each other. <laughs> Let's just say that. We have Gendo showing Shinji a, quote, imaginary Evangelion, a black Lilith that, like, which Ritsuko's like, I've only theorized about this. And I'm like, I have no fucking idea what the per... Fucking yes. Imaginary. It's like, I theorized that. Like, what the fuck is this? But essentially, Misato is like, we, you know, Gendo has destroyed all of the spears, and has used the last two spirits to open up this gate that he wants to get, essentially make his wish to merge all humanity together. But we can use the wonder and turn it into another spear. I'm like, sure, whatever. And uh, we have her essentially using the wonder to do a crash course into the uh, negative space and we i think it's it's the giant head of it ray is right with a live action face did you catch that yeah let's go. yeah i did it was kind of creepy so misato is like everyone eject out of here i gotta take the ship and turn it into a spear and just fly this thing into ray's head with her eye, which is the gateway into the negative universe space. She's like, put all the thrusters in there, and she essentially sacrifices herself 
to get the wonder inside so that it can turn into another spear for Shinji to use. Um, as Shinji gets this spear, Gundo's like, no, I can't believe it. How is there another spear? Whatever. And then he starts monologuing, and we start seeing a lot more of Gendo's past and how much the loss of Yui has completely traumatized him. Um, Fine Gen is very interesting. We've never seen this much depth into Gendo before. He, we're seeing this entire life of him growing up, always being a loner, shunned people, wanted to just read books, but the only person who could ever make him happy was Yui. It was great. It was great to finally get some insight into this guy. And we get the gorgeous, gorgeous moment where he finally hugs his son. And he says, oh, there you are. And we see Yui, and he finally gets to see Yui again, and he steps off the train. Gorgeous. We do, again, this is a greatest hits we're seeing right now. We got the train happening where instead of Shinji on the train talking to himself, uh, no, talking to, I don't want to say himself, but like nothing, I guess you could say. Uh, it's Gendo there. If we have Gendo, I'm um, just trying to realize because at this point he knows he's lost. But the but the, the the extra spear that Masato has created, he knows he's going to lose his wish. He's thinking back of like what how everything led to this moment, um, and we have Gendo, yes, realizing that he, uh, while he has done everything for. He's done all of this to be reunited with his um, his wife, but at the same time, he realizes that the cost for that was abandoning his well, I think son. He real, I think he, yeah, and I, I also and read that as just he, like realizing that he could have been he could have been you know quote unquote been with Yui this entire time if he had just connected to his son. Because where has his wife been this entire time? It's it's within his son. His son carries on that legacy and so if he had taken the time to connect with Shinji it would it would be the same thing as connecting with Yui mm-hmm. uh, we get Shinji which I found this was great talking to Kari oh, on, oh, oh you yes sorry 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 sorry, sorry yes Karu on the beach and it's more like Shinji telling Karu that, like, I know you've always been looking for happiness in me, but we can be happy to be together or something. Like, you've made me, like, you've done your mission, Karu. You have made me happy. And that actually gives Karu, Karu pause and allows him to travel onto the great beyond that he has uh, fulfilled his mission, uh, turning the tables. I... Found that really nice, uh, too. Again, Karu, the closure he seeks. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was, ah. Uh, yeah, the fact that that scene was staged just like their initial interaction way back on the TV show. And then we also get, mm-hmm. but we do also get him having one final conversation with Asuka on the beach that we see them on in End of Evangelion. Yeah. Yes, and instead of at the end of the world, it's more like a, I don't want to say the beginning of the world, but more of a, a more positive aspect. Is this the point where it's all not it's still yet, in color? Not yet. I, I know, say that I weird know, because there's a point yeah, where it goes yet, black and white. That's when he's that's when he's moved past. He's because he, 
I mean, again, it's kind of a beautiful inversion of the congratulations scene where, you know, the end of the original Evangelion is all of the other characters coming together to finally give Shinji the validation he needs. And this is then again that greatest hits of him going around to all of these different characters and giving them and him giving them the validation they need, him giving them the closure he needs. So it's this, ah, it's just this beautiful inversion of all the all the things that we've seen in the original show. I love uh, the point where he finally is talking about his wish. I'm saying wish. I don't know what else to call it. With Ray. And they fucking do it. And man. Ray, you know, he's like, I want... Oh, I look at I want. He's like, I want a, a world Genesis, without Evangelion. If you will. <laughs> I, he's a, a Neon they Genesis. I'm like, it. oh, wait, they said the movie. They, they said, said it. They said it. A, a Neon Genesis. And it's like, oh, my God. This I'm like, this on point, I'm like, this is definitely the final movie. They said the title That's not even the, the best series. line. I'll tell you when we get to the best line in a, in a bit. <laughs> uh, so Shinji... Want, returns all of the Evangelions and the failures of Infinity back into human and animal form. It should be said that throughout the world, in the Red World, we've been seeing a lot of like roaming headless Avas and weird shit happening everywhere. Um, they're all returned back into human and animal form, restoring the world. And I guess you could say resetting... Almost well, he says back well, in time? basically he just started a time. completely it's just a different new alternate reality because he said he wasn't going to go back in time and change it. Uh, he's he's he says yeah yes yeah, that's he, right he, he does he, he does say specifically I don't want to go back starting a completely new world and this is when now that he's done that this is when he essentially he because he does say at some point I know Mario will come for me but I think he is content to sit on the beach and just sort of. Yeah, let the world melt, which I thought was such a cool effect. We literally see the animation essentially decompose. We go from the very detailed, beautiful animation we've been looking at the whole movie to rough sketches, and it just continues to break down into further and further basic drawings. So we're literally just looking at, like, concept drawings of this scene. And then Mari shows up and saves him. Yes, Mari, before um, Shinji goes to fight Gendo originally, Mari's like, wherever you go, because you're going into the negative universe, I will come and find you, no matter what. Um, And as Shinji is traversing the negative universe and is about to be content of just letting everything just wash away, him being go away, Mari comes by and saves him. Or against, I don't want to say saves. I get, oh yeah, saves him. Uh, and then we cut well, to well, yes, but we missed the best line. Our of the alternate movie, world, where when Mari shows up to save him. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. As they're like leaving, and as as she says something along the lines of, "Farewell, final Evangelion. You were a good one, weren't you?" <laughs> like you bastards. You oh yeah, for her, it. yeah. The final yep. Ava. Oh, yep, we also her missed, Ava. yeah. Again, there's just a couple. Man, there were some cool. Pl- I mean, there was so much to talk about. There's so much. We do. We didn't even yeah, talk about that the, was the, great. the the tape I mean, cassette that, that she had the entire time. We had the great. I I liked the moment a lot where 
some an Eva gets speared, I think, in the anti universe, and it literally just like flashes through every single Eva permutation that we've seen, and it just like yeah, it just permutation really feels of like Eva, yeah. It was just them killing every single version of this universe and story and world is so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have. Sure, because I think ready to go to the alternate universe without Ava's. Yeah, we go and we see we're we're cut to a train platform, where we see Asuka, Ray, and Karu. They're waiting on the train, and we have Shinji waiting on the train too, sitting where she's approached by Mari from behind, and they have a little moment together, little uh. Almost like boyfriend-girlfriend type of moment. That's what I read it as. Yeah. That they're like a couple. Um, <laughs> adult Shinji and Mari, I mean, they're all uh, dressed up in like, in, like uh, formal, either casual wear stuff. I mean, Shinji is not in his slacks and They've grown up. They've shirt. grown up. They, they <laughs> are adults. I mean, do you see They've grown Asuka, up. They've grown Rei, up. and Kaoru at the train station as well. Yes, and Shinji and Mari hold hands. And they kind of Do run off together, and it transitions into a to a live action world. Like this actually happened, and apparently yeah, I'm I reading just this. Saw that on the this is Ano's hometown. Yeah, I think. I mean, what the final sentence here in the synopsis says is what I read it as as well. Is that again we finally get to see them grow up and and we see shinji literally the happiest i think we've seen him in the entire any iteration of evangelion any series of evangelion he 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 makes that he has this huge smile on his face and he says like let's like let's go and they run up and they go and they leave out and yeah and into the real world and i think it was just again it was just you've got to make the choice of reality you've got to make the choice to exist in this world and find the people that you're go that are going to bring you joy and bring you happiness. And it ends on an incredibly positive life affirming, optimistic note. I would say. I know. Yes. Surprisingly. But so, okay. Him ending up with Mari at the end of it. Was that sort of what you were referencing earlier? Very, very weird. Did not did, their entire relationship was built built up at this moment? Now, and I'm like, oh, you say I mean, that. she is she is kind of hot, but I'm like, all right, conspiracy corner. Yes. Did you notice? Because okay. I I was I need to go back and rewatch some of this. So there's first the scene with Mari and Fuyutsuki when she confronts Fuyutsuki in the ship, and he refers to her as Mary Iscariot, yes. and she says, "Huh, nobody's called me by that name in a long time." Which is like, oh, interesting. Okay, very interesting. And at this point, I don't, we, we don't know much about Mari. I, I kind of found Mari kind of a, honestly, a little bit of a pointless character in the second and third movie. But then, during a lot of Gendo's flashbacks, did you notice the Gendo flashbacks that were like rough sketches? You remember those? Go back and rewatch some of those. Yes. Mari's there. She's there the whole time. She's there. When Yui's giving birth to Shinji, she's there when they're in school. There's a girl with glasses that looks exactly like Mari in those pictures. And so 
what I'm reading that as is that this is not a cl- I don't think it's a clone. It seems like this is a Mar. This is the same girl who I assume is was friends with Gendo and Yui was a part of their circle. Saw Shinji get born was a part of their world. So I think a lot of this and what she was doing in the second and third movies was to bring him and Gendo together to finally have that closure, which means that Mari might be the most important person in all of Evangelion. <laughs> There's a fight in words. I did not notice that. I'd have to go back. I was just more yeah, drawn I just to see, this I, I'd have to rewatch it to really make sure, but I'm pretty sure she was there. Wow. Okay. Interesting that she's only introduced. Yes. I think she's she's in the second movie a little bit. She comes more in the third movie. Yeah. And she was originally billed as an American spy, I'd say. Yeah. So anyway, I I thought this movie, this movie for me actually did do a good job of building up Mari. I, I, I finally found her an interesting, compelling character in this movie. And I thought some of her conversations with the various characters you could see how she was sort of the catalyst of of people because I think she's the one. I feel like her conversation with Asuka is kind of the catalyst that sends Asuka off to Shinji to get closure. I, it seems like Mari is kind of a catalyst yes. for people choosing to find closure, which I think is interesting. Yeah, I I can see that too, and I um just found her interaction with all of these characters very um either lightening the mood or uplifting and i think yeah she turned out to be one of the character that kind of glued everyone together which i was surprised at since she's yeah, just a, a good way of putting a new it. character and she uses because maybe she was again there at the beginning she saw everything maybe this is now where we get the rebuilds of the rebuilds of Evangelion and it all is from Mari's point of view and we get the we get the world we get that universe I want just cooking with Emiya version where we just have Asuka and Shinji just cooking food together that's what they wanted oh yeah (sighs) but that's it that is the final Ava again. All done. No more. I need to. I need to watch it again. I, yeah, this is what I have to watch again. Oh my god! But there you have it, folks. We talked all through Evangelion. What a powerhouse movie! What a movie that needs multiple rewatchings because I'm sure we'll be discovering more stuff each. Yeah, and I'm excited every time. to revisit it, and I'm excited to continue to revisit Evangelion over the years i'm sure not the last time now i'm like do i read the manga should i read the manga no just of evangelion of the re- there's a rebuild apparently manga? it's very good and very different as oh, you expect I knew that. <laughs> I, of course it's of course it's gonna be very different why not i think it ended in like 2013 or something apparently it like completely veers off and does its own thing after a certain point Okay, so we still have a little bit more left of our show. We cannot forget about the Wheel of Fate each and every week. We've been watching 
a random episode of Fate, whether it be a movie, spin-off, or series uh, special, and have been talking it out each and every week because we've been told there's no good place to start Fate. And this week, our whole assignment, along with the Evangelion movie, was to watch Fate Zero Episode 7, The Evil Forest. Joe, you watched this episode, correct? You watched all Fate Zero. Joe... I know we're running long. I'll keep. I'll oh, keep it yeah, short. Come on, Fate Zero is definitely the best on. Fate out of all of them. Uh, this this is just the best Fate. I was. I thoroughly enjoy this. This is where we have Caster has been kids. Caster's um, been out there ostracized killing. by. And I, it does answer a question like, yeah, couldn't you? Could, if you're just a, a master, couldn't you just like forget about the Holy Grail world? Answers, and yes. Kill people. Apparently you could, but now without without repercussions, you have Kodamine, who is the arbiter, and is like Caster is, and you know the master and servant are just going rogue. They're not really doing the Holy Grail war. Um, so this is a, a a recommended order for all their participants to kill Caster, and if you do, you will get extra command seal. Um, and I know there's different purposes behind all of this too, because I, I I do know that they want to draw out. I believe Waver, who has already used one command seal, because they want to go after him. I don't know why yet, but I understand there's more to it than that. But you have Kodamine just reading the entire not Kodamine. I'm sorry, Kiritsugu reading the entire setup, like knowing like this. There's there's more under the surface here about this we are also not going to go after caster we're going after the other people who are going after caster because they're going to be distracted and we're going to take out some other people uh saber thinks this is very uh dishonorable and kiritsugu's like hey i know right i feel like that's game, you baby. i feel like that's you you finally got your kiritsugu <laughs> moment that you that you wanted where he is just like oh, i know they're all gonna be distracted cool i'm gonna kill them all <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about Cat. Now, eventually, Caster comes after Kiritsugu's headquarters. Um, with Iris uh, I forgot. Um, I'm, Iris feels yeah. And again, I just love how he's like first thing. Let me go load up my guns. <laughs> I'm like great. This is everything Finally. I know exactly. I was so happy. I have to say, I was watching this with Callie over the weekend, and I was so happy <laughs> with everything that's happening. Um, and I don't know. Uh, wait, I, I, I'm I'm trying to remember now. I know Caster. He's out in the forest. He's killing kids. He was, you know, trying to draw out Saber because he wants because he just loves Saber so much. Um, I know Saber and Caster and fighting. Who is the guy who enters? palace you talking about lancer or the human that is that is the human Lord he, Elmaloy the first dude that's that's the force that's right that's right and wh- what's his mercury shit that he I has with him that magic, little ball yeah. i guess that's just this is magic i'm assuming this is magic or whatever uh and he's looking for kiritsugu kiritsugu is using his traps he's using his guns he's slowing down his heartbeat he's doing all he can um, man, it ends on a cliffhanger too, with him. Uh, I'm like, I want to watch. I, I am this tempted to I say, like "Fuck it. the wheel of I fate." Like we it. just want to watch all of Fate yes, Zero because I actually I like want. It. 
We can't do we it. Found we can't the prime do it. Can't do it. No, we can't. No, we can't. No. Uh, and we also have Caster and S- up against Lancer and Saber at the same time. Um, great fight there too. But still, great animation. Love Kiritsu. Break Want to know what happens break next? Break the wheel. Break the wheel. Fate Zero is the best. Best? No. Sorry, can't do it. But I'd say, again, almost every episode of Fate I've seen, I'm not saying that, like, it's, hey, everyone, you should always start series out of order, but every single Fate episode, Fate Zero, has, like, I want to watch more of you this. You can just tell the So quality. it's been doing you its just job. just tell the quality. You can tell the quality. I know I ran through that pretty quick, but Fate Zero, it's great. Other than that, probably Fate Zero, my favorite one, then Unlimited Blade. Blade works by Affordable 2. Then Cooking with Emmy, probably number three. Because I love my shoujo sh- garbage. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And Carnival Phantasm, just solely because of that opening, and also... <laughs> uh, God. And then some episodes of Prisma Ilya. <laughs> it's either they're really great or really weird and strange. There is no in-between. But... With that, let's do our Wheel of Fate this time. I have every episode, movie, and spinoff in a Excel sheet letting us know, guiding us, what our next episode is going to be. So Wheel of Fate, turn, 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 let us know the episode we are going to be enduring. Joe, we're going back to the bottom of the barrel. Last Encore? Bottom of the barrel. We're going back to Last Encore. I'm going back to last encore. I really hope it's episode one. This is the only redeeming quality this entire terrible series can give me, and I'm, I'm I don't say that lightly. This is just a weird series. Fate Last Encore has a total of 13 episodes. We have seen three episodes of this, and we have no clue what has happened in this entire thing. And we are I'm not kidding. We're going to episode one. I rigged it. I no, I did not rig it. I sw- I wish I can record my screen. One to thirteen, it rolled number one. So number one, thank the gods. Maybe this is the only way we're gonna understand this. Episode one of Fate Last Encore has another Latin name, but the present lies at the bottom of the olden limbo. <sighs> That's what we're getting, Joe. I'm I'm looking forward. To maybe making any hey, sense. If this one doesn't of this do it. Entire series. <laughs> Nothing's doing it. If this one doesn't do it, that's it. Nothing's doing it. Damn. <sighs> there we go. It's, it's about episode time. one of Lost Encore. Couldn't have asked for anything better. Oh, Other than the last episode, we like, how did this all? How does this all end? Not being on the wheel of fate anymore. But okay. we'll tell you more about that next week. Very curious now. We, of course, come to our ever-rotating character ranking lists of the Waifu Watch and the Best Boy Bulletin, where every week one of us brings a character for the other's perusal and puts them into these definitive rankings of these characters. With that said, Steve, Best Boy, all right? Best Boy. Best Boy, here we go. So... I've been looking through and thinking, who do I want to add on here? Last week, we had... Kaneda. Uh, Kaneda. Kaneda from Akira. 
joining the ranks at number seven. For this week, I wanted to bring a very special boy this time. Uh, is a main character of a show who we talked about a lot before, but not have ranked himself just yet. He is, I mean, I, if I say absolutely anything, because we do typically play a game, ladies and gentlemen, where we kind of give the synopsis of a character without naming the character themselves and see if the other person's going to guess it. This character around, let's just say he is one, he is the youngest state alchemist in the history of this country. And is known to be one of the most talented Ow. prodigies of his no. time. Who am I oh, talking no, about? I know, I know. It's Ed. It's Ed. No, not Ed. Uh, <laughs> I'm bringing Edward Elric into uh, Edward Elric into the fight. Edward Edward Elric from the main character of the Full Metal Alchemist series. Have you heard of it? He is, um, what else can we say about him? He has lost his left and right arm, trying to bring back his mother during a failed human transmutation project, lost his um, brother's body, kept his soul in a suit of armor, is on a mission to learn what the Philosopher's Stone is, if you can use it to turn back all the mistakes he has made, has joined the state alchemy core to get access to the resources gets involved in a shadow conspiracy of what the true nature of the philosopher's stone is um makes a lot of friends along the way makes a lot of enemies along the way and in the end just learns the true meaning of what it costs to what the meaning of life is what it costs to bring someone back and he also hates milk too Phenomenal character. <laughs> phenomenal. Phenomenal, phenomenal character. Phenomenal. One Absolutely. Of the, Absolutely. Of course, one I of the mean, best series, too. Say no more. We have Roy Mustang himself as our number one right now. So we clearly love our Full Metal Alchemist. I believe we have both Riza and Winry on the Waifu Watch, neither of which in the top ten. But Riza, was, Hawkeye was there for a while. She was there for quite a while. I I adore Ed. I really do. I think he's, uh, I think he's just such a fantastic character a very different character i'd say you know he doesn't he's got some of the goofiness of say naruto or luffy but i i don't think that he i don't think that's ever his defining trait like it would be for them he definitely has a lot more not heart per se but he, i think he has a sense, a sense of, a sense of the world, and a sense of he does, depth he does get more heart. that Luffy and Naruto ch- maybe choose to not have. I would say because I think that Naruto and Luffy obviously have a sense of honor and a sense of depth and a sense of heart, but they choose to live life by come what may. But Ed always seems to he understands the weight that's on him it seems we always talk about character growth too we start off with ed being i'd say very scientifically driven very cold and coarse but learns throughout his encounters um with 
every single cast of character. I, I don't know. <laughs> I was just like villains, like, like allies and villains, everyone. Like he's the main character, of course, of what it means to be a, a you know, what are the costs of compassion? Uh, what is the nature of like loyalty and being able to help people? He, you know, always is a little short tempered, but realizes that, you know, that type of hot headedness can get him in trouble at times. He has a very, I don't know, I, I, I'd say sense of justice where he wants to, uh, damn the consequences of the rules and always wants to help people out as best as he can um and you know is man all of his interactions with people i feel like he just tries to level up everyone to the best versions of themselves and realizes you know them realize that there's something else uh missing that allows them to continue on uh I, I, he does have those funny dumb quirks such as like he hates being called small doesn't like calling drinking milk and as, stuff like that uh but he is just such a wonderful character that is able to see the best in people and of course when he needs to be serious and knowing what you know have a strong will of what's white and what's wrong he's able to put his fighting and his skills out to the mat to ensure that he'll do whatever it takes to protect his comrades and to do anything he can to save his little bro- little brother Al. Number four, under Yusuke above Spike. The under Yusuke above Spike's beagle. Okay. Whew. All right. So I was thinking at least above Kuwabara. So we're definitely looking in the right spot here too. Still love Roy Mustang more than him. I don't know. Roy Mustang is. Lo- I just love his 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 smug attitude and Lelouch. No, I no. I like Yusuke more than Ed. I would say. Well, I, w- I like Yusuke's. I, I like Yusuke's edge, and I like Yusuke's arc. I I will say Ed. Yusuke does have a little bit more of an attitude, which I do know is sometimes refreshing. I'd say sometimes it's a little grating, but I'd say sometimes it's refreshing where you know Yusuke when he's joking about or when he's getting serious you know he's about to kick someone's ass which i do love <laughs> uh but above spike spiegel oh man these are both great characters above great characters spike spiegel so you'd put him below spike i'm thinking below spikes oh, it's tough i'll take that i'll take uh, that i mean i think they're both i mean they're both such wonderfully complex i i i just i like you know what because spikes you know i'm thinking of spike spiegel i'm thinking of kiritsugu with spike spiegel and i'm just like sure similar there's this similar i can't wait to add kiritsugu on here now can't do it that's almost a recency bias for me oh yeah he'll be there eventually uh (laughs) that'll be an interesting fight i'm gonna put above kuwabara below spike spiegel if you're okay with that i'm okay with that Which puts us at number one, Roy Mustang from Full Metal Alchemist. Number two, Lelouch, Code Geass. Number three, Yusuke, Yu Yu Hakusho. Number four, Spike Spiegel, Cowboy Bebop. Number five, Edward Elric, Full Metal Alchemist. Number six, Kuwabara, Yu Yu Hakusho. Number seven, Gon, Hunter Hunter. Number eight, Kaneda from Akira. Number nine, Hide from Tokyo Ghoul. Number ten, Howl Jenkins Pendragon from Howl's Moving Castle. Love that full name. Love it. 
All right, number 10. No, I'm doing it. I, oh, I have to okay. redo oh, yeah. all yeah. these yeah. numbers sorry, every sorry, single sorry, time. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Nope, that is the accurate top 10 right there. Of course, if you'd like to bring someone for the wife who watched the Best Boy Bulletin, you can do that by writing in to weebweeklypodcast at gmail.com. That's right. But other than that, Steve, where can people find you? You can at? find me at Save Cosplay on Twitter and at Save Point Cosplay on Instagram. And you can find me at Joe Reese VO on all major social media platforms. And now, of course, we come to Steve's hot take, where Steve is going to give you a steamy, spicy hot take with zero context and zero explanation. And that is just the end of the show. So without further ado, Steve, what's your hot take? Joe, I was thinking about Sakura a lot from Naruto recently. I have to say she should have been tried for treason during the summon arc against Sasuke where she decided to essentially drug and knock out her comrades on her team Lee, Kiba, Akamaru, and Sai because she wanted to take on Sasuke himself and not have him kill you're essentially knocking out your comrades who have secrets from their clan in an open war zone what are you doing Sakura? you could have just talked to them you didn't have to knock out your own allies. Sakura should have thought twice about this. Where, uh, Where is the court-martial in the village hidden in the leaves? I want to see that spinoff filler episode. Trying Sakura for that. Thank you and good night.